0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, Lakersation. Sean Davis here for Lakersation.com, your home for everything Lakers. Oh, man, we actually got a little bit of news to talk about today. Uh, please welcome you all in from YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Welcome. We'll take your questions and comments throughout tonight. Uh, also on the East Coast, happy birthday, Kobe, man. We love you, man, and we all dearly, dearly miss you. Joining me tonight, Matt, the Optimist. Walter. Matt, we, how you doing, man? We could surely use your optimism tonight.
2: Oh, is it because of uh, the report about Kyrie Irving staying in Brooklyn or them wanting to keep him? Is that why?
1: Uh yeah, I feel like a lot of Lakers' Twitter and social media is divided, Matt, you still seem rather confident
2: um I mean we'll see. I mean, never say never. um, I think it's funny that the report came from Shams, who's been very pro Kyrie staying in Brooklyn, so I'm not panicking quite yet. uh I did hear you at the top of the show though. I do want to wish Kobe a happy birthday. Shout out my guy uh reason why I have the uh canvas behind me, so appreciate it, but yeah, I mean, as far as Kyrie Irving goes, man I'm uh I'm I'm not I'm not um uh, I'm not panicking quite yet. We've still got a little bit of time till uh, training camp.
1: When when does the panic button sound off in terms of okay we're not getting Kyrie for you because you definitely seem more calm than the rest of Lakers uh, Twitter. Um, mm, I'd say like maybe a week out
2: from pre uh, from uh training camp I'd start to maybe worry about a deal getting done. But um I will say though that I I'm not. So- Okay, let me let me pre- let me uh, preface this by saying I do want Kyrie Irving as much as the next Lakers fan does. But say it doesn't pan out and it doesn't happen, I don't think the Lakers are completely SOL. I do think that they can make trades to still improve the roster because I, I think you and I are kind of in the same boat where if we get a healthy LeBron and AD in the playoffs, we'll we'll happily take our chances then.
1: Yeah, I agree there. So let's just start off there. So shams just decides to write this great article on the nets and kevin durant and some updates on that he threw out some very strange teams to be a part of the kevin durant uh trade saga and then he has this little two sentence uh blurb where he just decides to plop kyrie irving's name in there uh kind of out of place if you ask me and he basically says hey brooklyn is anticipating uh the returns of ben simmons joe harris and kyrie irving and there seems to be uh, positive talks on there. And uh, Matt, what was your first initial reaction when you saw that report by Shams?
2: Uh, regarding Kevin Durant?
1: Well, more so that Kyrie Irving piece.
2: Okay, so the Kyrie Irving piece, um, I, I feel like Shams and other reporters have been kind of recycling the same articles now for a couple weeks. Uh, a lot of it pro-Brooklyn, pro-Kyrie staying. I, I, you know, that's fine. Um, there's not a lot of news to go around right now. So every report feels like a bombshell. But to me, this is kind of what we've been hearing for the past week or two now. So, I, I mean, it doesn't move me too much. And and again, I think a lot of things are at play here. Let's say Kevin Durant ends up getting traded before uh, training camp starts, before even the season starts in general. I, I think that probably shifts the, uh, the odds on Kyrie getting moved. But um, until that happens, I'm still going to kind of... St- I'm still maintaining my position this entire time. I still think it's pretty likely um, that they explore a deal between the two sides, but um, I I will say that I think it is time that we seriously start considering alternatives in in the deal. I I think that the Lakers can't mess around here. I do think something needs to get done before the season begins, whether that's Kyrie or not. So from that perspective, it's it's changed a little bit on my end, but I'm still not completely, I guess, sold that the door is completely shut.
1: And, that last point that you brought up that I think it is time the Lakers, you know, start to seriously consider other avenues because while it is, and I'm very excited and glad the Rob Plink has waited this out. If you continue waiting and wait too long, then you're going to run out of time. You're going to run out of waiting and you're going to enter this season with Russell Westbrook on the roster where you could have made a Pacers deal. The, the jazz deal, I think is so predicated on David Mitchell getting moved. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there, but Indiana's on the table, and it becomes increasingly more likely that Kyrie Irving ends back up in Brooklyn. Then I think you have to consider making that move instead of continuing to wait.
2: Um, uh, let me. Can I throw you a um, a hypothetical? Yeah. Let's um, well, because you know how we had that report. I think it was a week or two ago now that said the Lakers insist that they have other options outside of you know the ones that have been reported already. Yep. Um, I think a good point to bring up here is that the Lakers have always been linked to teams in two team deals, never, not a lot of three team iterations where they get to facilitate, not necessarily they're the primary initiators of that trade. Um, I don't know if you can catch on where I'm going yet, but I do think that Shams also reported that Donovan Mitchell and Utah trade. Mm-hmm. Um, In my mind, if the Lakers can get involved there as a third team to take back some unwanted salaries that New York probably doesn't want um, and that Utah might not be interested either, I think the Lakers have an avenue there to improve the roster. Um, So my hypothetical is this. Let's say it's Donovan Mitchell to New York. We all know that part. Pieces go back to Utah and salaries need to go out, right? Um, If I told you the Lakers could get rid of Russ along and it only cost them a first, maybe a second, But in exchange, you get pieces like Evan Fournier, Boyan Bogdanovich, maybe Patrick Beverly, and you know some other salary filler. Would that be interesting to you? Uh,
1: yeah, only because you give me up one pick. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich is a. I think I like these players as individual assets. Like Bogdanovich by himself, cool. Patrick Beverly by himself, cool. Evan Fournier even by himself, okay. But when you start to combine all these players, Bogdanovich is going on 34. Pat Bev is going on 35, I believe. I'm actually not sure how old Evan Fournier is. But um, sure. But uh, I'd still probably prefer the Indiana trade package over this one. Sure. But, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not too, too opposed to it. Um.
2: Okay. So then let's, let's talk about Indiana real quick. So then let's just assume Brooke, uh, Brooklyn and Kyrie are out for the Lakers, right? Um, if your preference is the Indiana deal, uh, we obviously know the holdup is two first round picks, right? Um, what's your walking away point? Because I think the Lakers are fine to to do Turner and Healed. I think it's really going to come down to the protections they put on those two picks particularly. So let's just assume the Lakers came to Indiana and said, fine, two lottery protected firsts. Indiana fires back with no, we want two unprotected firsts for both of these things, right? Um, what's your walking away point?
1: one unprotected and one pick swap.
2: Wow. So you you're, you're going to trade you're going to swap one of the firsts with Indiana. Yeah. And then you'll give them an unprotected one.
1: That, that that's as far as I'm budging. And that's probably like, okay, we've been negotiating for like 5 days now. Nothing's really moved. This is my final offer. Darvin Ham seems like he's confident they can get Russ to work to some degree. So here either take this or we're going to be kindly on our way.
2: See, my worry with the Indiana deal is that they can take this all the way till the trade deadline. I feel yeah. like if you're the Lakers, like, like let's, let me back up real quick. Indiana and the Lakers are on two different timelines here. I think a lot of Lakers fans are hoping for something to happen before training camp. I think that part of that's Westbrook. And I think part of that is everyone is, agrees that the roster currently constructed is not good enough for a title. So I think a lot of people in their minds say, you know what, Let's, we need to make a move now. That way we have our full roster. We know what we're going to the season with and we have more time to gel together. And I, and I think that's a totally fair argument. But at what point are you, are you not comfortable overpaying to have that luxury of having those players in before the season actually starts?
1: Yeah, I think that's how what the Pacers can capitalize that off of. Because I think we can agree, Matt, that now compared to the deadline the Lakers were somehow able to wait. They would have to give up less at the deadline. We agree on that, right?
2: Sure. Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. So, Indiana, in terms of that department, they have all the leverage there. Um, Mom mentality is the kind of common sentiment that's gone around on Lakers Twitter right now. Kyrie's still going to be a Laker this offseason or next year. Personally, I don't agree. That's why if you were going to get him, I think it would have been best to get it done this year so you can trade for him and then you lock him up long term and not let Kyrie Irving's mind wander and uh, allow him to change his mind as he seems to so frequently do so. Um, How confident are you that regardless of the situation, Kyrie by the end of next summer will be a Laker?
2: Um, this is kind of where we miss our, our salary cap guru expert, Trevor, but off the top of my head, if I recall, I don't think the Lakers have enough to outright sign them to a max contract, Right. The keyword being a max. Um, I believe right now it's slated, assuming THT opts into his deal. So does Damian Jones. I think that knocks the Lakers back down to about 20 ish million in open cap space, but say they trade THT or he opts out, Damian Jones opts out, or they trade him. I think they can open up close to 30, 31 million, roughly um is that enough to go after Kyrie maybe if he's willing to take a slight discount but then you've also gutted a lot of your roster because half of it is basically free agent next summer too so uh I'm not really too I'm not really uh very optimistic about Kyrie coming as a free agent given the uh the salary cap concerns there I think the best way to get him would be via trade and you know we we kind of just talked about how likely that is now
1: Agreed. Uh, Alex with the super chat. How thirsty are you for Kyrie on the one to, t- to ten scale? Um, five. I mean, it'd be nice to have Kyrie, but it's not the end all be all. I mean, if you ask Jeff Spiegel, he'd say a negative ten. I'm not... I was going to say, man, people grief in Jeff today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matt, where do you fall on this?
2: I mean, it's just how much do I want Kyrie Irving, right? Not what I'm willing to give. I mean, like, I'll be honest. Like, I'm, like, at a pretty solid seven, seven and a half. Like, if I'm, if I'm staring at Kyrie in public, I'm definitely hitting on him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if, I'm, if I'm Rob Palenka and I'm out there, shoot. I hope uh, somebody
1: clips that and sends it to me immediately. That would be nice.
2: Yep. Uh, I need that gif. Or not that gif. I need that picture. You know, of the guy walking with his girlfriend and then there's, like, the other guy <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah russell westbrook is the girl and Kyrie walks by them that's,
2: that's right. exactly it dude it, it'd have to be like lebron it had to
1: be lebron <laughs> yeah
2: yeah it'd have to be lebron with russ and then him staring at Kyrie. it just has to be
1: oh uh, man uh chris with a super chat tomorrow is kobe's birthday well i'm on the east coast so it's already kobe's birthday for me but uh we i did get wish him a happy birthday to kick things off and uh yeah if you're on the west coast then you gotta wait A few more hours, but yes, happy birthday, Kobe, the uh, greatest Laker of all time, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, let's see what else we got here in the chat. Uh, William, today is my birthday. Glad I could share with Kobe. Well, happy birthday, William.
2: William, yeah, cheers to you, brother.
1: All right, Alan. With the Super Chat, I've heard NBA fans are high on Turner. If you look at the big <laughs> picture, why is there no other organization trying to get him? Is his medical that's questionable. Um, before I hand this over to Matt, it's partially maybe the fact that he's been on the trade block for like the past five seasons now, it feels. Maybe that has something to do with it. But uh, Matt, why do you think other teams just aren't really that interested in Miles Turner, seemingly anyway?
2: Man, um, I'm glad this question got brought up because I've been I've been saying this for like, you know, since the Indiana deal got proposed, I think the biggest thing right now is one, is he actually healthy? Um, you know, big men with feet like lower body injuries is never, never a good thing. Those don't tend to pan out very well Two, uh, he will be a free agent this following summer. So the team trading for him will need to pay for him if they don't want it to just be a rental. I think in the Lakers case, given their lack of cap space, I, I don't think that's much of a concern for them. I think they'd be fine to trade for him and and re-sign him to an extension immediately, I feel like. So, but as you know, from other teams' perspectives, right? Like, you know, I, I think a lot of teams are looking at Miles Turner and going, uh, eh, you know, like we're 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 a playoff team, we're in pretty good shape. I'm just not necessarily sure if Miles Turner is the piece that gets us over the hump, right? Um so to me, I, I think you know Miles Turner in, in his own right is fine player. I think any team could use him, and I particularly think the Lakers could. I just don't think that, you know, given what I just outlined, I don't think there's much of a market for him. Like I'll put it this way: I feel like if the Pacers had an offer for Miles Turner in a first right now, I feel like they would have pulled it already. Like they they don't need to wait for the Lakers to do anything. They could trade Buddy Hield and Miles Turner in separate in separate deals, and, and that would be the end of it. Um, so again, I, I just think that there isn't much of a market for him. I think that, you know, if you're the Pacers, you're obviously overvaluing your guys and hoping to, to take advantage of the Lakers position. But I think the Lakers are, you know, on the other side of it saying, you look, we're going to have to pay him. We, you can't dump him already. You don't have a first round pick on the table for him. It's another staring contest, essentially.
1: Yeah. And would you agree as well that Indiana probably can maximize their value for, the both of them, if you trade them separately,
2: uh, you know, I, I, you know, possibly, you know, I, I think it depends on like how, how desperate are the Lakers? At what point do they say, you know what, we need to make these moves? Fine, let's, uh, let's give you some first, and we'll, we'll limit the protections on them. That's probably what Indiana might be holding out for. That'd be my, my guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say they probably get f- equal to. Maybe slightly below value on on, on uh, with another team. Like I, I think Buddy Hield, for example, is a good example of this. It's um he he's kind of like a neutral asset to me at best, given his contract situation also and his age and the fact that he's kind of a one dimensional player as an outside shooter. Um, I think you know packaging him with Miles Turner and getting both picks from the Lakers is probably what they're hoping for too.
1: Yeah, and then I I think this is why it's a good thing that Rob has to just. You know, blindly pulled the trigger on a three on a trade where you give up two first round picks because, like you mentioned, Buddy Hield, if he's not an elite three point shooter, he's like Duncan Robinson. If he's not an elite three point shooter, we're talking like 40 percent three point shooter. Then that's a bad contract or best a net neutral uh, contract. Miles Turner is an expiring contract. To again, he's been on the trade block for what seems like four years now. And he's entering a contract season, so you're gonna have to pay him again. Um, so that's why I think, at the most, unprotected wise, is one unprotected. And I think Rob's doing a good job of holding out and not just uh blindly giving up both unprotected.
2: Like, I'll say this right, like that, that, that deal will be on the table for the Lakers whenever they want it, yeah. So you know, if they have their heart, if they, if the Lakers have their heart set on Kyrie and they and they eventually get to a point where they don't think it's coming, then they can reengage with Indiana. Um, I, I think most fans, you know, and, and I and I, you know, guilty of it sometimes, too. I just want them to make a move so we can stop talking about it and we can just start to focus on the season because I feel like the conversation hasn't really been about what the Lakers will look like on the floor because we don't know what the team looks like yet. I think everyone is assuming that there's going to be a move made, which I think they should be. But I, I you know, at some point I do want to just talk about the team currently as it stands and like what to look for versus, you know, will this person come? Will they do this trade, et cetera?
1: Yeah, so guys, stop being mad at us, I guess, because we haven't been able to talk about that. It's just hard to talk about what the team will look like and what we could see from them when you can very clearly see this is a very incomplete roster. Um, not only have they said that, but I think it's something you could very easily see. Uh, Baba with the super chat Kyrie trade is not on the table right now because the Nets don't want to trade KD yet. We should move on and look at other options in heel slash Turner, etc. Uh, sure, yeah, don't blame me. Uh like what do you
2: what do you think about all the KD stuff? Like are, are are people overthinking it? Are are teams just a little gun shy because of the injury or or has KD fallen off in the eyes of some front offices? Because I, I feel like you know, for me, if I'm a team that's like in the playoff mix but not quite a contender yet, I'd be doing almost everything I could to get him, but that's just me.
1: I don't think I think we looked back and thought that Kevin Durant was doing himself favors. Uh, by some of the stuff that came out he gave the Nets the ultimatum. The fact that Brooklyn hasn't backed down I think is making KD look worse and it's making teams kind of hesitant now. Like hey Brooklyn, they haven't backed down from what they've won and Kevin Durant's doing stuff like this. Yeah, no. I know he's a great player and all but I want to be able to have control over my team so I don't want it to be, I guess given away to one player. Um, Kevin Durant's obviously an all-world talent but um i think he's still viewed as a top five player in the eyes of nba executives and coaches and things of that nature but i feel like katie's master plan has actually worked against him. so i mean i guess kudos joe signed that front office for not backing down
2: yeah no that's fair i i mean like did you see the uh, packages that were getting offered for kevin durant they're like high key very insulting (laughs)
1: yeah what was uh uh Memphis, they threw an offer, but they didn't include Jaron Jackson Jr. or Desmond Bay. Like, how you expect to get Kevin Durant?
2: I think my favorite one was Atlanta offering DeAndre John- Hunter, John Collins, and a pick. It was like two picks, wasn't it? I like I don't understand, man. Like, I I just don't like that's not even a serious offer, man. Like, if I'm if I'm Sean Marks, like I'm I'm blocking your number, man. Like, that's yeah. not even
1: like a serious conversation to me. That's a Devonte Smith dynasty league trade right there. Um.
2: <laughs> hey, you know what's funny? I'm actually on the clock for a slow draft. Um, I'm in round 17, Sean, if you want to give me some live fantasy football advice.
1: Uh my my brain is not in fantasy. I, I probably should be though because my draft's coming up soon. But uh wait, how many league, how many teams is it really quickly?
2: 12. It's a startup dynasty
1: league. Oh, okay. Oh, good luck. Yeah, Alex with, <laughs> Alex with the super chat. Conley, Beasley, LeBron, AD, and Thomas Bryant, how many wins? Uh, what was their over-under, Matt? Like 44 and a half? Something like that? I think it was 42 and a half last time I checked. Oh, uh, 42 and a half. Does this hit that? I won't say how many wins, but does this hit that over with this as your starting five? <laughs> um... The optimist and
2: he wants to say yes. I mean, honestly, I feel like the Lakers currently constructed could hit 42 and a half, although I think it'd be very close. Um I think this is a very marginal upgrade currently. Uh, yeah, I'd say yeah. Barely though. You? I'd say okay, I'm gonna say 44 wins with this roster.
1: Yeah. 44, 45 wins. I, I think they could hit it. Um <laughs> Alberto with the super chat. If you had to wine and dine Sean Marks in a dinner meeting about a Kyrie trade, what restaurant are you taking him to? What a uh, great question! I'll send this to Matt. You know, Matt has the great the great taste, and uh, Matt is near L.A., so you know he can take Sean Marks to the great dining options in Los Angeles, and then uh, go pick up Kyrie from the airport shortly after. You know, it's a win win. Hmm. I
2: mean, I feel like the common answer would be some sort of steakhouse like a Mastro's or something or even a Fleming's. But I think my plan would be to to bar hop with Sean Marks, take him on a fun night (laughs) and then we'll have drunken tacos after Um, not sponsored, but shout out Avenue 26 in Los Angeles. If you guys have been, you know what I'm talking about um but yeah i feel like you know I, I would i would try to do it a little differently i feel like business meetings and restaurants is very overplayed so i, I try to show mark a fun time
1: that's hilarious and uh yeah no no
2: maybe... no also a solid option i see it in the chat here that's always a, that's a staple i feel like
1: uh let's see avi b with a super chat Forget, Forgot about Utah. Let's get Malik Beasley, Rudy Gay, and Bojan Bogdanovic. That'll equal 43 mil. I feel like that's more. I don't think that's accurate.
2: Actually, I think that's almost right. Really? Check. It's it's, it's Bojan's deal that I'm not sure of off the top of my head.
1: Bojan's at 19 and a half. Something I know that. Beasley's at, oh yeah, that might be right around 43 because Beasley's at like 15 or 16. Yeah, that might be right.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's actually, if not forty-three exactly, it's like right next to it.
1: Yeah, but um, anyway, this group of players, Utah offers you this. Are you interested in a package where you're getting Malik Beasley, uh, Rudy Gay, and Boyan Bogdanovich? I,
2: I think a lot of these deals just come down to cost, right? Like, it, it like again, it, sorry, drink, bingo card, whatever. In a vacuum. <laughs> I like all these players and I like a lot of these deals for the Lakers. It's just a matter of what's the cost, right? Like a lot of people don't like Turner and Heald because it costs the Lakers two firsts. If you told a fan Turner and healed will cost you one second round pick, everyone would be jumping over it. Same thing for like the Utah deal. Same thing for whatever. Um, So if if you're telling me the cost of the Indiana deal is the same as this deal, I'm probably leaning Indiana. But if you're telling me I can have this Utah package of Boyan Gay and Malik Beasley for a little cheaper, I'd probably go that route.
1: It's just unfortunate because I think we all know it's highly unlikely that that's going to be the case with Danny Ainge as the GM or as the president of basketball ops in Utah
2: so yeah and you know the difficult thing with all these two team trades which is why you know i proposed a three-team trade at the top of the show was that i think if the lakers are strictly dumping russ the other team is going to want a first regardless and then the first is going to be for any players that come back to the lakers see in a three-team trade where the lakers are essentially greasing the wheels on a deal and don't have to give up nearly as much i think they can get away with russ in a first and still get players back yep and again that's 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 I think becoming my my second preference after Kyrie. I think third would be Indiana if the cost remains two firsts. If the cost for both of those guys becomes a first in a couple seconds, then I'd probably move that one back up.
1: What, Utah is like a three-team trade where you're kind of helping facilitate a Dom and Mitchell trade is your second preferred option besides it, Kyrie Irving?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously that would depend on the players coming back, right? Like if if I told you... The Knicks will send Evan Fortney and Cam Reddish. Utah will send you, I don't know, Boyan and Patrick. Just for example. It's very appealing.
1: Yeah. I think if yeah, if I'm giving up are you giving up both first? I forget in the center. Are you doing that? I'm no?
2: I'm probably gonna I'm for sure giving up at least one for the rest thing. And then I probably have to give a second or two to someone else.
1: I think that's good asset management. I mean, if you're, and that's what you use your two first round picks on: four solid players who will be rotation players, if not starters. Sure. Like to me,
2: and I, I don't want to bore I don't want to bore anyone too much, but I, I, the general idea is that sending Russ out allows the Lakers to take back a lot of salary. Um, Evan Fournier is a negative contract that Utah's not going to want for their rebuild. I think Cam Reddish is the price of greasing the trade. And then from the Utah perspective, uh, New York is already taking Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if they're going to want to add Boyan and his money deal, plus whatever Utah, whatever else Utah wants to send out. So in that regard, I think the Lakers can get stuff back.
1: All righty. Uh, <laughs> the eight tracks for the Super Chat. Sean, when are you turning 46? Uh, next July. My birthday is in July. So, uh, yes, Those- I will be... Waiting for you, for that uh, happy 46th birthday.
2: Yes, we will.
1: Be. Uh, Paul Smith with the super chat, appreciate it. Uh, John Drake with a super chat. I think he's kind of playing along with your uh, three team trade idea with nice. the Knicks, the Lakers, and the Jazz. The Lakers give up Russ, THT, Stanley, and two first to get back Mike Conley, Bogdanovich, Evan Fournier, and Malik Beasley. And the Knicks get Mitchell. Is, am I crazy to think the Lakers say no?
2: Yeah, I think that's too much for the Lakers. I, like, look, if you have to give up Rust and THD, I, I get it. Um, I don't think this deal requires two firsts, though, in my opinion.
1: I don't think it requires two firsts. I don't think it requires you to give up Stanley Johnson.
2: That also, I don't think... Joe. Yeah, Stanley, usually when I throw Stanley in deals, it's because of salary purposes. Um, I I, I think the Lakers are going to need him this year, to be honest with you. So I I think he's off the table. If they need minimal salaries for matching purposes, it's going to be Wenyan, in my opinion. Yeah, Uh, because... They they basically make the same amount. They're all, they're on veteran minimums for I believe what I forgot the years of service, but it's 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 like two point something million. Yeah, I feel like Wenyon would be the first to go in a, a salary match deal unless one of these teams specifically asked for Stanley. But I, I mean I personally don't see that happening.
1: Do you pull the trigger if you're the Lakers?
2: On this specific deal? Yeah. Probably not. You.
1: I think i agree i think i agree um that's a lot of long-term salary it's a lot of bad contracts i mean the only one that's not a long-term salary is bogdanovich and i believe he's expiring so
2: yeah and conley's got a partial guarantee on his next year i think um yeah I, i don't know i don't think i i mean like if you can get to a, an iteration of that deal where you're not giving up as much if you're the Lakers, since you're facilitating the Mitchell trade in the first place, th- then I think you, you seriously consider that.
1: This is a funny uh, chat. Sean, if you had to pick a favorite, your alma mater, UC, or the Lakers, where you choose them, I'm, I'm choosing the Lakers guys. Uh, if we're <laughs> Dang, talking, heard it here first. We're talking fandom, or I mean, in general, I think I'd probably take the Lakers in general.
2: The UC bloggers are going to come after you.
1: Uh, they're already after me. So, uh, yeah, that's
2: man on the run,
1: man on the run. Uh, will Russ get cheers or booze home opener against the Clippers?
2: Oh, that dude's getting booed.
1: I'm wanting to be optimistic and say, no, I think he'll get cheered, but.
2: Uh, As things currently stand, if he comes out and says absolutely nothing, I think he's getting booed.
1: Yeah, he, he would have to clear things up and like, like apologize but I don't think that's gonna happen.
2: I also think it would require us to see the things that Darvin Ham and the rest of Lakers nation has been wanting from Russ since he got traded here. And that's to play defense, uh, make plays off the ball and, you know, not make a stink yeah. in the preseason. If we see that, you know, then, then I can see it not being as harsh or harsh at all. But I, I think right now he's he's definitely getting booed. I think this whole off season and the end of last season is still very much a bad taste in a lot of Lakers fans mouths.
1: All right. Jeremy 95 with a super chat. Love my team, but the logical side of me is putting the Lakers in the play in says it makes me, I could see eight teams ahead of them right now. Uh, You know, I, by the way,
2: I, uh, I don't disagree. Eight teams though. Well, this is, this is like assuming no moves get made.
1: Right yeah eight teams i don't know about eight let's see
2: okay let's go through them real quick ready one the warriors okay i think two the clippers i think three denver uh i think four minnesota's up there um who am i missing i think the phoenix suns dallas six
1: memphis seven i think that's probably where it stops. I mean, you could try your best to convince me on New Orleans. No,
2: yep. See, that's the other one I was thinking of.
1: Maybe well, I'll see like eight, like maybe six of those teams or five of those teams I take in a seven game series against the Lakers.
2: Right, but we're talking about regular season. Regular
1: season, yeah.
2: Um, which you know, I I agree with you. Like, if the Lakers are in a playoff series, I will, I will you know, be really hard to bet against them. But I think that's, you know, seven teams comfortably that are ahead of them.
1: Yeah. With the, what the upside being like a six seed. And that's if like everything goes right for them and some injuries happen to so some other teams or things of that nature is just bad seasons like the Phoenix suns, but uh, they brought the agent, the Andre back. So there goes my uh, hot take. So yeah, thank- sorry, dude. That's a uh, rip to shreds probably for my benefit um
2: yeah I, uh, like i i think it's really the pelicans um i've heard some arguments for portland but i'm not i'm not buying them quite yet but i think that's roughly the tier that the lakers fall in and that's play in tournament area
1: yeah and i like portland heading into next year i like chauncey a lot I thought he w- did a good job last year but i think they have to show it they made some good uh, acquisitions as well uh live wire pod uh, production. I don't know why I said pod. Recent rumors aside, a three-team trade. LA gets Kyrie and Seth. Uh, Brooklyn gets Miles Turner. Buddy, you have seen this kind of thrown around. Miles Turner and Buddy Heald in 2029 first-rounder and a 2023 second-rounder. And the Pacers get Russ, THT, and a first.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate... That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: I think, Mm. I think, I think, uh, not Brooklyn. I think Indiana says no. I think they need another pick. Probably from Brooklyn. Because I I think you can make an argument that 2027 first is for taking on Russ. That's right. if they view Miles Turner and Buddy Heald as a package at least worth one first, I think Brooklyn has to give one up. Granted, you're, or, or both picks, arguably just make that 2029 20, going to Indiana, and sure, I don't think Brooklyn needs to uh, get a pick here, honestly.
2: I feel like they're gonna want stuff for Kyrie also. I think that's this is where the trade falls apart. Cause I I 'cause I think you're right. I, I think Indiana's gonna want at least another pick here. Cause their stance has been Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, two firsts, right?
1: Yeah. I don't um, know. Like I feel like you could talk them into Brooklyn to like, hey, Kyrie's leaving. You get two quality starters, one of them you have for another year, and then Miles Turner, you kinda have a center problem. So I mean it doesn't move the ceiling too, too much for you, I suppose. But I mean, it's better than in, in a scenario where they weren't comfortable bringing Kyrie Irving back. Like this, you could argue is best case.
2: Okay. I'm not in, um, I'm not really into Nets Twitter or, you know, Nets Reddit or whatever, but is there any sentiment about keeping Kyrie past this season? Have you seen anything? Like are, are like Nets fans like, okay, or are they, are they trying to, Are they trying to get off the Kyrie Irving bandwagon as soon as possible?
1: From what I've seen, it feels like they still want to get off the bandwagon, but they want to do that without allowing Kyrie Irving to be a Laker. So uh, I, I don't know. I feel like I do feel like Brooklyn fans and the Nets in general want to be over with the Kyrie Irving experiment, but I feel like they don't want it to be with Kyrie Irving ending up as a Laker.
2: Okay, I'm going to throw another hypothetical at you. Okay. Let's say the Nets are serious about keeping Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to start the season. Right. Brooklyn reportedly believes that they've they've improved their roster and can contend this year. Let's just say near the trade deadline they realize that they're a middling team and they don't have a shot. And are if you're the Lakers, you're you're you are Probably still interested in trading for Kyrie at that point if you haven't made a deal with another team yet, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So if
2: I told you that scenario was on the table as a Lakers fan today, would you be okay waiting, or would you still prefer that they make a move?
1: I think the Laker fans, and honestly the Laker fan in me, is going to say don't wait uh, sure. because you're risking like, hey, this could look like really, really bad to start off the season. Um, but, I mean, I, I think waiting would be fine. I, I I just don't think, for one, I don't think it would be as bad as last season. I think you're going to get some uh, positive growth and, like, some good things happening injury-wise. And you're not – like, at some point, man, Anthony Davis, some of these fluky injuries, like, have to stop, hopefully. Um, and then, like, new head coach Darvin Ham, some of the stuff I think he'll be doing. I don't think it'll be worse last year so if you're floating around like the seven seed or so near the deadline Brooklyn they're struggling they're like you know what screw it this isn't worth it Kyrie's probably leaving anyway sure wait I think you probably have to give a blessed stuff as well to get it done at the deadline and then you also fix the big problem of like hey okay if we wait till next summer we might we probably won't be able to bring him in whereas we get it done trade from you will retain his bird rights and you could go over the cap to bring him back so yeah I mean if you had to wait till the deadline to trade for Kyrie Irving it's not what we want to hear right now but I mean looking back in hindsight I think Laker fans would be happy if that happened at the deadline
2: yeah sorry and the only reason why I bring it up is because I have a really hard time believing Sean Marks is going to let Kyrie Irving walk for nothing um And, you know, there's also the caveat that if it's at the trade deadline we're talking about here, more teams might be interested if it's a Kyrie Irving rental, because I think he's a legitimate difference maker. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I I was just curious to know if, you know, you or some other Lakers fans would be cool waiting if you knew that Kyrie Irving would be a realistic get at the deadline.
1: If you told me, like, if if you're Dr. Strange, you saw him to the 14 million and five options. I think I botched that. I forget the exact number. Shame on me. I should have known that. But if you're, doc, if you're talking about your Doctor Strange, you looked into all the possible outcomes, the Lakers win a title next season, and it involves me enduring a rough start, but we get Kyrie Irving at the deadline, I, I do it in a heartbeat. So. Um, and I do think regardless, getting Kyrie Irving on on my team does help the Lakers' chances of winning a title next season.
2: Sure, agree.
1: Avi B. in another super chat. PJ Washington is a dream fit. PJ Gordon and Rozier also works. Uh, yeah, the problem is, are we sure the Charlotte Hornets want to do a deal still? The whole Miles Bridges situation, while it's very, very unfortunate, also probably shot that trade rumor down. Um, and they're still waiting. I think the court date is like set for September, September. It's got pushed back, I believe. Um so maybe maybe when they get more clarification on that situation, Charlotte could come back up, but I think that rumor is as gone. Matt, do you agree with that?
2: I'd say so. I mean, there haven't been any rumblings. Um, Charlotte doesn't seem really interested in that kind of deal right now. So, uh, yeah, I'd probably put a lid on that one. But, you know, if we hear reports that the Lakers are reengaging because the options for, you know, outside of Kyrie Irving and stuff don't pan out, then yeah, maybe. But I, I think right now it's it's probably safe to assume that's not a thing right now.
1: Alex F, Kevin Durant retires at 34. Will the Nets move Kyrie Irving? I don't think Kyrie's gonna. I don't think Katie's gonna retire. But if he did, then literally, why are you keeping Kyrie Irving?
2: That is correct. I uh, would put a lot of money that Kevin Durant does not retire right now. He has almost 200 million reasons not to retire. But, yeah, I mean, hypothetically speaking, if he retired for some reason, then, yeah, I think Kyrie gets moved. There's no point for Brooklyn to uh, compete this year.
1: To compete, yeah. And then also, I think Jovan Buha, of the Athletic had brought this scenario up. It was on Twitter Spaces, actually. See, Matt, you should start being in more spaces. You'll get gems like this because this hasn't been... I was in the
2: spaces, so oh, you were? jokes um, on you.
1: Yeah, jokes on me. But he brought up how Brooklyn might actually have some incentive to, to be bad next season because right pick swap, in pick swap. So yeah. Houston's going to be bad. So if you're bad too, I mean, worst case, you're probably getting a lottery pick still. So, and maybe you can kickstart your rebuild that way. If you trust it's going department that way. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's an option as well. Uh, Paul Smith with a $10 super chat. Appreciate Thank it you, brother. Uh, miss Trevor, but you guys are doing a wonderful job. Been a Lakers fan all my life. If we don't get Kyrie was the best package out there besides Kyrie and Indiana, Russ got to go period. Well, first off, thanks for the wonderful super chat. And, uh, yeah, Mal, kick it to you. What's the best package not named Kyrie in Indiana? I feel like I'm throwing you a lot here because you brought it up a lot so far. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. Um...
2: So if you're if you're just tuning in, I, I think the best uh, the best course of action for the Lakers here, if it's not Indiana, if it's not Brooklyn, is to be a three t is to be a third team in a Donovan Mitchell trade between New York and Utah. Um, I feel like the Lakers, if they're doing both these teams a favor by greasing the wheels, they can get useful pieces back without having to send out too much um and to the last comment or to the last super chats point, I think Russ would be obviously in this deal as the salary going out to take back salaries so um some combination um and I and let me just clarify and say i don't want Evan Fournier, but I think that that is the way for the Lakers to get stuff back with him. It's like the same concept of attaching draft picks to bad deals, right? Except in this case, I think the Lakers can finagle a young player like Cam Reddish, who I know a lot of people want for a long time. And then from Utah's perspective, they can get some uh, veterans on expirings that you know they've been trying to offload, reportedly, like Boyan, like Patrick Beverly, so on and so forth. I, I think that is a pretty good avenue for the Lakers.
1: Yeah, I mean... Is even a two-teamer with Utah, is that still probably your preferred option over New York, two-team-wise? Obviously, I know you would prefer a three-team.
2: I mean, it depends, right? Like, Utah's got a lot of pieces in a vacuum that I like. Um, just how much does it cost to get them all is a thing. It's the same question with Indiana, right? Um like, if I told you the Lakers could have had T- uh, Heald and Turner for two firsts, or they get this package of, I don't know, Malik Beasley, Boyan, and Patrick Beverly, um, are you picking Indiana? You're picking Indiana, right? Yeah. Like, is there any combination of the Utah players that we've discussed, or maybe not even mentioned yet, that you like more than the Indiana deal, or is it just Indiana strictly than
1: Utah? Um, in terms of... Players. I like Clarkson Bogdanovich gay, maybe.
2: Oh, that's completely different. Okay.
1: If for some reason that wasn't on the table, but even then, I'd still you could still probably talk me into that Pacers deal, but that's probably the closest one in my eyes to competing with a uh with the Pacers trade.
2: Okay, that's fair. Hey, man, I you know, maybe I'm sleeping on Rudy Gay because I just feel like, you know, given how the Lakers built this roster, I just feel like they're not as interested in older players.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I basically assume him for salary filler. Oh, okay. So, to make the deal work.
2: Sure. I, I
1: honestly don't, wouldn't expect him to play too much because I'm not sure currently if he's a better player and a better fit than Stanley and JTA. Uh, I think also the age is definitely thrown out there. Um. Somebody brought up Clarkson, Beasley, and Bogey. I'm not sure that money works. I they Utah's giving up too much, sending out too much salary. Well,
2: the Lakers can still take back a little bit more in a deal given salary cap rules. I, I think it technically works. I just think that that's going to cost the Lakers a lot. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm seeing lot Love, Jared much. Vanderbilt. I, think, I don't think Utah's trading him personally, unless it's a very big overpay.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. Um yeah stop Bryce was your man last year <laughs> um matt kind of wind things down here a little bit what should be our expectations for darvin ham entering year one as the lakers new head coach and uh, this team in general entering in a new regime ham a four-year contract so unless some big scandal were to happen i don't think he would ever be on the hot seat or be fired after one year but uh what would be realistic expectations for darvin and the team heading into year one
2: um, that's a good question. I, I feel like the first thing is just to see, you know, what the style of play looks like, establishing that, being consistent with it. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest issues for the Lakers last season personally was that they didn't really have an identity. You know, they came into the season as like this uh proposed, you know, we're gonna play faster, we're gonna shoot more threes, and then that just ended up not being the case. So I feel for Darvin Ham, the first thing I'm gonna really look out for is, you know, what does the team culture and team identity on the floor look like? Um, and as far as expectations go, you know, I, I'm going to expect, you know, some bumps in the road to begin, you know, it's his first stint as a head coach, I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, no matter, you know, how long you've been in the league for but um, I, I kind of expect him to, you know, really build the program from the ground up. And I think, you know, over the course of the season, I think you'll see the Lakers become more comfortable and look more cohesive. Um, I'm thinking, you know, especially because if you look at the schedule for the Lakers, the first couple months is is pretty rough. Um, that's usually not the best time when you have so many new pieces and a new head coach. So I'm not going to freak out too much if the Lakers are struggling out of the gate and they hover around 500. I I think that's going to be, you know, it's going to be a little tough for Lakers fans to endure. But I think, you know, again, I think closer to midseason, we're looking at hopefully a better team and, you know, really gaining steam toward the end of the year. So it's a really long winded way of saying, I think Darwin Hammond, the Lakers are not going to be super great. To start, But I think that with given some time and reps, I think they'll eventually become, you know, a team that we're hoping can compete deep in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with most of what you just said, Matt. The biggest thing I agree with is, like, just at the bare minimum, I think Darvin will accomplish this. Just getting the guys to lock in every single night and play hard consistently. Because sure. then, like, Darvin, by the way, I do trust his X's and O's a lot. But, like, then that way, okay, cool. Darvin, when he starts to get his roster and his rotation more figured out and there starts to be more of a rhythm, okay, cool, the guy's are already locked in. Who cares? Darvin honestly, could be the greatest X's and O's guys ever, but if the guys aren't locked in to what he is trying to get them to do, that doesn't matter. So, like I guess at the basic level, just get the guys to you know be locked in and competing every night because it was so bad last year. Trevor did a video or two about them like disrespecting the game of basketball with their – uh, bare minimum effort. Um, kind of so, true. <laughs> so, in it, it, it sounds so basic, but just getting the necessary effort every single night because you get that, and then let Darvin blossom into his own coach with his exos and things of that nature. So, uh, And again, you have four years. He's under contract for four years. I think the Lakers are definitely seeing more of the end game with Darvin, not saying they aren't trying to compete year one, but I think they do really believe in Darvin. And once he starts to get more of his guys in there, um, I think we'll see the results really show. I think
2: so too. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty high on Darvin, just like you are. I think he was everyone's consensus pick for head coach for, for, you know, for a lot of reasons. And I think we gravitate toward you know his presence, his his confidence as a leader, how he can control a room, you know, not just amongst players but with staff. But I'm you know this this is definitely your realm. But you know from like the X's and O's things I've seen and breakdowns that I've seen, I'm I'm pretty high on what Darwin Ham can do and wants to do with this Lakers team. So you know I, I think again they'll struggle a little bit, but I think there's some definitely optimism that they'll get better as the year progresses.
1: It's a miracle that all your walls in your room are still intact. I mean, did you have somebody come over and (laughs) fix them like before you hopped on? It's a miracle.
2: No, there's plenty of dry roll around the house (laughs) that has just my shape in it.
1: Uh, Sweet. Uh, Alex, so this is a nice question. Uh, If the roster stands pat, what is your nine-man playoff rotation? I, I added a playoff because I think in a regular season, it'll be a little bit more than nine players. Oof.
2: I'm gonna let you crack this because I I I'm I gotta think about it.
1: Russ, Reeves, LeBron A. D. Okay. It's four. One of the centers. In the playoffs, I don't think you will play both of them. I think let's it'll just be say very, Thomas Bryant. Let's just say Thomas Bryant. Yeah, I think it'd be very matchup dependent. In some series, there will be Damian Jones, and others will be Thomas Bryant because 80's gonna play some five, too. Okay. Um Kendrick Nunn. Wants Anderson. Six is that six seven seven seven. Stanley Johnson, Lonnie Walker. I I think that's right. And I think Lonnie's in there simply because you paid him. So he's, he, the one guy you're able to use your tax pyramid level exception on. I mean, I, I'd hope that'd be the guy. I mean, granted, the guy you're paying ten million dollars isn't in the rotation. But uh yeah, I think that's the one I good with. Right. Yeah, now. I'm not.
2: I'm, I don't think I could disagree with you. Um I was trying to fit in Troy Brown, but I, I kind of look at him and Stanley almost interchangeably at this point.
1: Um, yeah, I think it's whichever one's playing better, honestly.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. It's um whoever is whoever's shooting the best. I think defensively, I, I I'm gonna lean Stanley, but I think for the Lakers roster particularly with AD Russ and LeBron still on it, I I think they're gonna need to maximize the spacing as much as possible. So, to me, the tiebreaker is whoever's hitting you know league average or above from from the three point line.
1: Agreed. Uh, there was another one that I think I just ah. There we go. Armin with a super chat. I just joined with the Kyrie news. Do you hold on to the picks and wait till the deadline to see how Brooklyn does, or do you pull a Westbrook trade before camp? <laughs> we literally just talked about this, but um, if Kyrie is on the table and like Brooklyn says, hey, we'll renegotiate. We'll maybe bring this back up at the deadline. I think personally especially since darvin ham again i keep going back to this but since darvin seems confident whether or not it's he really is confident or it's just coaches talk to the media but internally if you really do feel darvin can get this to work that i think you go into the season knowing like hey Kyrie might be available at the deadline and if not we can still get this done at the deadline because we have already paid most of westbrook's salary for this season off so you probably also won't have to attach as much as much to Russ at the deadline either, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, these are my options. And like Indiana's for some reason not a on the table anymore. Same with Utah or any of those other deals. I'm not doing Brooklyn, uh, New York, two way. So yeah, these are my only two options. I, I think I would uh, just roll in the training, run the camp with with Westbrook, and then see how things go at the deadline.
2: Yeah, I think for me, I'm not going to panic Russ and panic trade Russ and an overpay in a deal I don't feel like I need to. Um, I, I think to me, the Lakers still should still be searching for the best deal possible. I know that sounds like a no-brainer, but I, I think a lot of fans at this point have been really frustrated with all these Kyrie news and, and the Lakers not doing anything, so they, they're just ready to make a move no matter what. Um, so yeah, I mean, if a Westbrook deal comes along that makes sense for the Lakers and doesn't, you know put them in a more in the basically doesn't deplete them of everything and in terms of the cupboard and assets, then I, I think you do it, but I'm also okay waiting and seeing how Darvin and this roster looks like, am I optimistic that, you know, this team's a title contender right now? No, but uh I'm going to give the head coach you gave, gave a four-year contract to a, uh, a shot.
1: Yeah. And then again, if it doesn't work, then you could say, Hey, you know, it's, Frank Vogel can get to work. Like this is Russ's fault. It's not Darwin's fault. Darwin, we felt confident in his plan. Russ just couldn't get it to work. I mean, well, Russ was being Russ, and you can't, there's nothing you could do. Um, and Bruce saying that you guys are way too optimistic. Well, uh, that's the literally stick. yeah, it's literally in his name. He has to. I mean, good, guys. What,
2: what do you want me to do, man? Like, do you want me to? Uh, to we want just... you to
1: act like Ryan.
2: Oh yeah, I just you know, just completely uh. Trade LeBron. Trade trade everything. That's right.
1: Trade everything. Uh last super chat of the night. Vector Nova. If Lonnie is in your playoff rotation, that means that he approved enough to be, actually be good because these advanced metrics for him are very rough right now. I don't like that. If, if you're basing this off advanced metrics, then I'd say you're that's the wrong way to go about it, but I get your point. Um yeah, the film is not pretty Lonnie's not a good defender I'd pretty confidently say he he might be the worst defender on the team I think that not name Russell Westbrook um I struggle to find a guy that is worse defensively than Lonnie um pretty confidently I yeah I think I will say that um but um I I think he he has the intangibles I think he has the traits to be a good defender so or at least an average one so um, I do agree, like, something would have to have changed this season, whether it's the shooting or the defense. One of those two would have to positively show growth. Um, so, yeah. I agree. Damn, I and, think
2: Lonnie is the worst defender on the roster right now, huh?
1: And even then, Russ. Russ, when, granted, it's so rare, and Russ is locked in. Like, if they're both playing, their absolute hardest on defense i think i'd take rust defensively.
2: you know what i, I yeah i mean I, I i can i can see why you'd make that point and i i might not disagree with that so
1: alex f stanley johnson is underrated yes he is he's so underrated i'm actually gonna do a video on it in the next day or so because he is incredibly underrated i feel like we're overlooking him on this roster
2: I, I, I you know, as far as Stanley goes, I think it's just important to temper expectations right like i I'm not pegging him as a surefire starter, but if he's like a rotation wing on your on your team, I, I don't think that's terrible.
1: Okay, this is the last one. Demarcus how's Trevor? Uh, <laughs> knowing Trevor, he's probably freaking out that I think he said his Twitter wasn't working earlier so he couldn't like stay updated and maybe I the basketball God saying Trevor, take a break. Um, but no, I'm sure Trevor's having a lovely time on vacation uh knowing that we're holding it down over here. So Trevor if you're watching, stay on vacation.
2: Yeah, welcome I I to. I well, Trevor one if you're if you're watching this, please log off.
1: <laughs> that.
2: Yeah, I mean, look guys, if you don't follow Trevor already on Instagram, um Trevor Lane NBA, if you want to see all his um all his Tahiti adventures on the islands. So uh go check him out. Trevor, you're welcome once you listen to this for the plug. Um, but yeah, he is fine. He will be back next week um, for your regular scheduled programming. So don't worry. You guys don't have to listen to me and Sean for too much longer.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, guys, I'm joking. You're going to have to deal with it. Joke of course. But anyway, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?